Take your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel. Nothing like your presence. Nothing like your presence, Lord God. Let me review for just a moment. Go to Ezekiel chapter 1. I got a new Bible. Brand new Bible I got. So much nicer than electronic. I want to say something again. Any anointing you see in Scripture is available for you. God is not a respecter of persons. He does touch us in direct proportion to the hunger and thirst that we have. As I've said hundreds of times, he's spoken parables to hide truth. Sometimes I think it's like a divine game of duck, duck, goose where he touches you and then you're just like, oh, oh God, you're so awesome. And then things seem to wane or something. Maybe it's the cares of the world or whatever it may be. I mean, I, I don't know. And then you realize, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Can you do that again? Can I go deeper? And he says, boom, touches you again. And then it's kind of like there's an ebb and a flow of revival, but a hunger when sincere, sincere hunger for God brings revelation, brings truth, brings power. Listen, if you're apathetic and you don't really care, then, then that's what you get. I'm hungry, God. Ezekiel chapter 1. I'm enjoying that, so just keep playing. <laughs> Came to pass in the 13th year. Here's Ezekiel, he's by the river Chebar. That the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. We, we preached on this, this is a review. Ezekiel's 30 years old. And he's in captivity. Verse 4, I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a whirlwind. A great cloud, raging fire, engulfing itself. Brightness was all around it, radiating out from its midst like color of amber. Out of the midst of the fire, also for within it came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance they had the likeness of a man each one had four faces each one had four wings their legs were straight 
and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under the wings on their four sides, and each on the four, and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they where they went, but each one went straight forward. Verse 10. He's describing what he would later understand to be cherubim. These are angelic beings. There's numerous kinds of angelic beings. Seraphim, cherubim, there's angelic, there's uh, archangels. There's numerous kinds of angels. They're not all the same. And they don't look like Cupid, I don't think, either. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a face of man. Each had a f- each of the four had a face like a lion on the right side. Each of the four had a face like an ox on the left side. And each of the four had a face like an eagle. Thus were their faces. He's trying to describe indescribable. See, that's, that's kind of unusual. Yes, yes. There, there's, there's things that you and I haven't seen before. There's places in God you haven't been to. And if you're bored in your Christian walk, it's not God's fault. It's not, it's not him. He didn't move. You might be, you know, just a little bit too much on Facebook, Instagram, just a little bit too much in some of the entertainment of Hollywood and not really pressing in to receive all that God has to offer. I'm guilty. I've been there. Their wings were stretched upward, two wings of each touched one another to cover their bodies. Each went straight forward wherever the Spirit wanted them to go. Fascinating. They're moved by the Spirit. So they had these wings and they had this incredible countenance of something that Ezekiel's never seen before and that's why he says like, like. It's like, similar to, very unusual. He's trying to describe these cherubim. And they're moved by the Spirit. Oh, that's my desire that we would move by the Spirit. I believe we're doing that tonight. Uh, I said I believe we're doing that tonight. We've, I mean, our announcements are great. Got a fast coming up, all kinds of things. You know, you have to have structure in a church, right? So I heard somebody say, no, you don't need any structure. We just need to let the Spirit just do whatever. No, the problem is you have a fallenness of mankind, so you need structure. We don't just let anything happen up in here. You get the anointing of a barking dog. We have ushers that will minister to you in the back. When he can just come up and just say whatever they want, do whatever they want, lay hands on whoever they want to. That's not how it works here. We don't know where your hands have been, some of you, others of you. <laughs> others of you. You know, you've been, you're, you're laboring together. We're laboring together. We know you. We know, we know your life. Yeah, those, those, folks are, those folks are released to, to minister in the house. Come on, some people got some strange theology, you know, like secondhand spoke. You ever, you ever been around somebody who's just been hanging out in the bar or whatever? And they're, they got smoke on them. You don't ever wherever a place where there's just lots of smoke. I mean, they smell like smoke. What are you saying? What are you saying about smoking? It's not really my point. My point is that stuff can get on you spiritually. And when it gets on you, you know, you have to learn how to get it off. There's a picture of defilement, right? 
But then there's some people that just live a defiled lifestyle and try to, to have one foot in the church, one foot in the kingdom, and one foot in the world. Well, we don't, that's not how we roll. We want to roll deep with the Lord, and uh, that is uh, far from defilement. You know, a board believer, says Mike Fickle, a board believer is a weak believer. So if you're bored in your walk with God, something's wrong. I'm really enjoying beating my son in 2K. <clears throat> we had a, how many of you know what 2K is? All right, so we had a tournament, a tourney, Christmas tournament. I won, praise the Lord. And, you know, during that last game, I wanted to win, man. I prayed. I was praying in tongues. I want, no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm into winning. I, I'm, I don't like, you know, praise the Lord for second. I don't like second. I like first place. I'm just how I'm wired up. If you like losing, well, praise the Lord. Someone's got to lose, but it ain't going to be me. You know what I'm talking about? I, don't, I like winning. I read the back of the book. We win. So we're setting the thing up. And I'm talking trash to my son, you know, in a godly way, like, oh, sorry, son. He's on for what? For beating him. You know, we didn't even start the game yet. I, I'm already apologizing because I don't want him to feel bad because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him to the rack. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. And while we're playing, a vacuum starts in the house. It's beautiful Pastor Karen with her hoover working the floor. Oh, it's a shark. Okay. Perfect. That'll work. It's a shark. And it's completely shattering my, my focus. And then I had some instructions coming from, from the first lady of the house. Yeah. Can you let me turn it out, Mike? Ah! And finally, it was getting intense, and I started losing my hold on the lead, you know. So I said, can you, can you vacuum later? Because it's the last game I had to win. I'm telling you, God wants to bring you to the victor's circle, but some of you got a vacuum going on. Listen, I'm all for vacuuming. There's a time for vacuuming, Martha, Mary. There's a time for all of that. Thank God for vacuums. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. What I'm saying is spiritually applied to your life. God wants to bring it to a place of glory. God wants to bring it to a place of victory. But you're so distracted by the things of the world. Giving time and, and energy to things that don't even matter. Isaiah 55. Ho, oh, all you who are thirsty, come. And buy gold refined from the fire. Come and buy that which which costs no money to you. Why do you spend money, says Isaiah 55, on that which is not neat? In other words, that which does not satisfy. Why do you spend your time, sow your seed, give your heart to the things that don't really fill you? I had a day of desperation today. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a real fun day. I like fun days. It was an intense day. An intense day where I'm, I've, I've prayed through, I was grieved over certain things. The Lord was dealing me and dealing with me and speaking to me and just pressing through. I needed to hear Him. So I wasn't the greatest to be around. I wasn't just skipping around all happy. I was, I was focused. And, 
And sometimes that can have joy, but today it didn't have so much joy. It's probably a little bit of the withdrawal from sugar, too. But anyway. Oh, not you. Oh, you guys are perfect. Felt like I fell off the wagon or something. Hallelujah. Got to catch another Sugar Anonymous meeting or something. I don't know. I'm talking about the glory of God, and I'm talking about going deep in Him. I'm trying to mix it with a little bit of sweetness on top so you don't fry it too bad because most of you are so distracted with the things of everything else but that. Everything else but seeking first His kingdom. And that's like an added thing. I, and I might be preaching to the choir. It's Wednesday night. You know what, the expression preaching the choir, you know what that means? I mean, like, the choir's there, and they love God, and they're serving God, they're all living for the Lord, so they're gonna, just going to amen you anyway, because they're like, I mean, you're here on Wednesday. You're obviously hungry or something for God, or you wouldn't be here on a Wednesday. Come on, let's get back in the Word here. Verse 13, appearances like burning coals of fire. Like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. Fire, the fire was bright. And out of the fire went lightning. And the living creatures ran back and forth in the appearance like a flash of lightning. As I looked, the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with his four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their working was like the color of beryl. And all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their working was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward any of the four directions. They did not turn aside as they went. As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome. And their rims were full of eyes. Actually, the word there is, is like gems, a shape of gems. It's not really eyes. All around, four of them, and the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. And whenever the Spirit wanted them to go, they went. Because it, where the Spirit went and the wheels were lifted up with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. I mean, this is like really heavy. Some foolish people have said this is describing a, a UFO. It is not describing a UFO. Oh, no, you, if you go and Google it, you'll read all kinds of stu stupidity. It's, it's a picture of the glory of God is what it is. I mean, it says. It says in verse 28, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And so I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking. Before we move to the second part, and I'm, I'm not going to preach too long to you, but let, let me take this first message. I'm trying to give a review of Ezekiel. We're doing a studies in Ezekiel as the Holy Spirit will lead me. I don't know that I'll do it every Wednesday. I'm going to do it as the Lord leads me. I figure if the Spirit moves to 
to live for living creatures around. He can move us and lead us and guide us and direct us. So I'm not going to hem myself in. I'll be bringing this series as the Lord directs me. Second message tonight called The Call. The glory of the Lord is so amazing to him. He tries to describe it. And it's a, it's a beautiful picture because Ezekiel is, is brought into captivity. He's brought into captivity. We're good. He's brought out of his, his home and he's brought to a place called Babylon and he's, he's a part of the captives. There's about 8,000 that are brought off. He's 30 years old. He's supposed to be a priest, but he's not back where the temple is. So he's not, he's not going to be a priest. Very disappointing. 30 years old is when a priest became, got into the ministry. This is when Jesus was 30. He was baptized by John the Baptist and he went into the ministry full of the Spirit. But before that, that's not what happened. And the, the takeaway from last week is that no matter where you are, you might feel like you're in captivity. You might feel like you missed your destiny and your purpose. You're 30 and you're not a priest yet or you feel like you've just missed it or something's not quite right. In the midst of the difficulty, God can break in and expose his glory to you. He knows right where you are, even if you feel like you're by some river as a slave because that is the case for, for him, for Ezekiel, the prophet, contemporary of Daniel. And I love the fact that God knows right where we're at. Let's look at chapter 2. We do have some notes for you. Ushers are going to pass those out. Why they're being passed out. Begin to prepare your heart for fasting and prayer in January. We do it every January. And we fast and pray for 21 days. And we'd encourage you to participate in that. It'll change your life. There's nothing like praying and fasting. Ezekiel chapter 2, there's nothing like praying and fasting, it, 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 it changes you. Prayer and fasting will bring your life before the burning bush of God's presence will change you, will change every situation. It's like dropping the atom bomb on the circumstances that the enemy has whooped up in your life. Fasting and prayer breaks the bondages of the wicked one. Is this not my chosen fast, Isaiah 57? To loose the bonds of wickedness. Then the glory of the Lord will appear. Come upon you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I mean, if God's glory is your rear guard, wow. I mean, in application to what we just read, that means that you actually have some angels that are, that are around you. I mean, that's a biblical thing. The angels of the Lord encamp around the righteous. We're made righteous by his blood. That's an imputed righteousness. There's an imparted righteousness, which is this. In other words, you're made righteous because you believe on Jesus that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. But that righteousness is worked out in your life as you live right. There's a lot of people who just say, well, I'm righteous because of the blood. Then they live like a dirtbag. When you live right, lining up with the imputed righteousness of God, when you really understand what he's done for you, you can't help but just want to live for him. You fall in love with God. It's about a relationship, not a bunch of rules. When you really realize what he's done for you, how he redeemed you, how he snatched you like a stick out of the fire, how while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and he came and he took us by the hand and he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. In one moment of believing, we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, given a new name. 
made new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. You don't have, you don't have to be subject to the, the old self or yield to your fallen human nature. You don't have to go the way that your papa did, the way that your daddy might have gone, or whether your mama might have gone. You can live in a new place of freedom, power, victory. Come on, you're a new creation, a pilgrim now, walking through this, this, this land on your way to heaven. Come on, somebody say hallelujah in the house of God. And that really is a call in and of itself. I want to talk about briefly, and I, I'm not going to go long. I'll give you my word, I will not. But I want, to, I want to talk briefly about the call, the call of God. God called me when I was a little boy. I didn't know it, but as I heard the stories, I began to put it all together after I began to follow the call. Certain things that happened when I was very young. Different things that took place supernaturally. My mama told me about them. How I got on the bus for the first time and said to my mom, turned around and said, in three days I'm going to be with Jesus. She says, what? Bye. As I got on the bus. So for three days she held her breath and prayed the, you know, you know, prayed the rosemary or whatever, prayed the, prayed the prayer beads or did something. I don't know what they were doing back then. They all, my, my family had a relationship with Jesus. I wouldn't call it a born-again experience. The rosary, there, you don't want to praise Rosemary. It'd do about as much good as praying the rosary, though. Imagine. No offense. Not even sure what the rosary is. No rosemary. She makes some great cookies. Call in the call, Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 2. It's also a wonderful herb you can add to your poultry dishes. <laughs> All right, settle down. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Ah. Stop that, Reverend Haggerty. Behave yourself on the front row. I'm having issues. All right. Ezekiel 2. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet. How many of you know God speaks to you? You're going to stand up. That means he wasn't standing. He's, he's on his face from the glory. And I will speak to you. And the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me. That must have been quite an experience. And he set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I'm sending you to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. For they are imprudent and stubborn children. I'm sending you to them and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, verse 5. As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. So he's calling him. God's calling him. He has an encounter with the glory, and he says, stand up on your feet, son. And uh, he speaks to him, and the Holy Spirit enters him while the word is coming. And I'll tell you, you study the word, 
with the power of the Spirit, it'll enter you and something will happen. I'm just telling you, you might just end up standing on your feet. Far too many people have read the Word and not, not read it with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit behind it. Read it as some sort of an intellectual understanding or just left it in the finite mind and not asked or prayed for revelation. God can lift the scales from your eyes and give you revelation. When I first came to Jesus, I knew I liked the Bible, I liked the Psalms, but I wasn't born again. And I tried to read some of the Gospels, it made no sense to me at all. Zero sense, zero, zero touch. Then when I was born again, somebody said, oh no, it's different after you get born again. You go read it again, all of a sudden everything makes sense. I'm like, really? I pulled out the Bible, started reading, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't see any of this stuff before. Because it's veiled to those who are perishing, that's why. How many of you know that you might have a degree of a veil over your mind? You can pray as they did on the road to Emmaus. He opened their mind to understand the scriptures. That's a great prayer. God, open my mind, open my heart to understand what you're saying to me. Even tonight, God, open my heart, open my mind to understand the call upon my life. That's a great prayer. Verse 6. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are you, and you dwell among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks. Well, I'm just telling you, that is a great word. When you're carrying truth, you're going to have people look at you. They're going to be like briars and thorns. And consider it not strange if people hate you. I've had this experience in my life, dearly loved and dearly hated. Can you just shut up? And stop talking about fornication. Can you stop? Conviction can really make people irritated. And though they're a rebellious house. Verse 7. You'll speak my words to them, whether they hear you, whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like the rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Oh, I love this. Verse 9. And when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of the book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was writing in the middle. Pardon me. There was writing on the inside and on the outside. And written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. Verse chapter 3. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find in this scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat the scroll. Everybody say, eat the scroll. Eat the scroll. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate. It was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. And then he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. See, they're speaking without his words and speaking with his words. Two very different things. Three quarters of the speech of our founding fathers in this country was scripture. Not so today. But I believe that God's raising up a people that are going to eat the scroll. I believe that God's going to raise us up to eat the scroll and speak his words out of love and anointing and power and glory. And is going to bring forth change to a rebellious people. Verse 5, for you're not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech, 
and of hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely I have sent you to them. They would have listened to you, but the house of Israel will not listen to you, because they will not listen to me. For all of the house of Israel are imprudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their forehead. Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them nor dismayed at their looks, though they are rebellious people. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all of my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. And go, get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or whether they refuse. Verse 12, but the Spirit entered me, and I heard behind me a great thunderous voice. Blessed is the glory of the Lord from this place. I also heard the noise of wings and living creatures that touched one another. And the noise of the wheels beside them, and a great thunderous noise. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness, in the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Then I came to the captives who dwelt by the river. And I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them. Seven days. Father, I thank you for your word. So simple, so pure, and so true. I ask God in this sober night that you would speak to us and give us living understanding. And thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We do have some notes for you, and uh, we'll encourage you to use those as we move along. The fact that God would call anybody and use anybody is amazing to me. That's just amazing. You would think that he would do a much better job. And in fact, knowing God, I mean, can you imagine? Some of you have some family members that don't know the Lord. Or maybe your neighbor or someone who's causing you difficulty on the job or your boss or, or you know, maybe some that are in government. Wouldn't it be awesome if God just sent a, uh, an archangel or a cherubim to just go have a little chat with them? They would all soil themselves, fall out, and instantly become believers. But that's not what happens. Oh, I guess it happens sometimes. But God calls people. He speaks to people. Called the Haggertys to Alaska. Called the Brackens to Alaska. He'll call you. He'll speak to you. And he'll use you. And it's amazing to me that God partner, partners with the likes of us. Because he could do a way better job. But angels aren't even allowed to preach the gospel. John 15 says, I've appointed you and chosen you. Selected you to bear forth fruit. Isn't that amazing? Come on, say, God's appointed me. Yeah, yeah like, like they would appoint a sheriff, do you understand? Like they would appoint a, a, an official. Say, okay, you're chosen to be my cabinet, you know, the head of the cabinet. You're chosen to be the vice president. You're chosen to be the president. God chooses you for what? For the purpose of being used to bring his kingdom in the earth. That's amazing. I mean, that's amazing. It's the highest call there could be. But he calls people in the Old Testament, he calls people in the New. Isaiah 6 is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament of God calling a prophet. Jeremiah is another favorite of mine. 
favorite in my family? Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Wow. Oh, oh come on, look at, look at this with me. Come on, turn to, turn to Jeremiah. Crazy Jerry, I like to call him. They all thought he was crazy, but he, he really wasn't crazy. He was, he was on fire. Word of the Lord comes to him. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to me. This is chapter 1. Before I formed you, before I, that's the Lord, before the Lord formed him in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. Wow. Here's the call of Jeremiah. God comes and says to him, hey, I'm the one, before you even in your mama's womb, you didn't even know anything. You came from heaven. That's where you came from. And it's a picture of, 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 the, of the sanctity and the, and the holiness of life. Babies are human beings even, even before they're in the womb. When they're in the womb, it's just evidence that they still are human beings before you were in your mother's womb. So that means that Jeremiah came from someplace. Yeah, he came from the Lord. He came from heaven. That's where you come. That's why I say because it's called he's going home to be with the Lord. What do you mean going home? Yeah, because that's where he originally came from. Yeah, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. When you first gave your heart to Jesus and you came in the church, it's one of the most popular things to say across the lower 48 now and some in Alaska, welcome home. That's the most popular church statement. And I'm going to tell you something. It's theologically awesome. Welcome home. In other words, this isn't, you know, 124 Panago Road, your old house where you grew up. No, it's a picture of really coming home to the place where you really came from, which is heaven, which is the Lord. And that's why it feels like there's something that's just so good about it. Yes, it's God's presence because that's where you came from. You say, not me. All right, well, maybe you came from apes, but I didn't. So there's many examples of a call on a person's life. Old Testament, New Testament, I think one of my favorite ones is, is the call of Saul. He's on the road to Damascus and he encounters, a, he encounters a risen Savior, blinded by light. He falls to the ground and everyone fell with him and everyone saw the light, but he alone heard the voice and the voice called him and said, I've called you to me. You're my chosen vessel to the Gentiles and I'm going to show you what you must suffer. You're going to turn them from the power of darkness to the power of God. The call of Saul is amazing. At his conversion, he's converted. He gets born again. He, be, he believes in the Messiah. He's persecuting the church before that. But he becomes a believer, and God tells him, this is the purpose of your life. Listen, every single person here has a divine assignment from God. Every single one. He knows you before you're in your mother's womb. And I'm telling you tonight that he's calling you by name. What is he calling me to? I'm not sure, but you wouldn't be alive if he didn't call you. He called you for this time, for this hour, this season right now to live here in Alaska. Now, if you're here in disobedience, repent. Take your little feet, run back to the Lord and get to moving to where you're supposed to be. And quit being like the rebellious nation of Israel here in our text. Jeremiah. Do not say I'm a youth. I mean, there's all these excuses. Don't say I'm a youth. Oh, but I'm not edu educated. Well, how about getting educated? How about learning? How about growing? How about changing? You don't want to come a family I came. Well, you can change your family in, do you understand? You can get a brand new family. I didn't have a daddy. You can get a daddy right here. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. You, you can adopt a dad. That's what the body of Christ is about. It's about learning and growing and being healed and becoming his representative. About following the call of God. It's amazing to me that God chooses the likes of us. 
So he chooses Ezekiel, he chooses Jeremiah, and he chose you, Bubba. But in your mind, you might think, I'm too young. Well, get rid of the excuses. I'm too young. Don't say I'm a youth, verse 7b. For you shall go to whom I send you. Whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I'm with you, I'll deliver you, says the Lord. And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Are you, are you seeing something similar here? See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to root out. It's a job of a prophet. To root out and to pull down. To destroy, to throw down, to build and to, to plant. And he goes on to tell Jeremiah, you know, what do you see? And it goes on. I'm telling you in the first part here, it's amazing that God called Ezekiel. It's amazing that God called Moses. It's amazing that God called Jeremiah. It's amazing that God calls anybody because he can do a better job. But here's the thing about the Lord. The thing about the Lord is he wants to partner with you. He wants to use you. Come on, he, he didn't have to send his only begotten son, but he wanted the family. He started something in the Garden of Eden that got jacked up because of disobedience and choosing wrongly. And then God basically reached down and made a way where there seemed to be no way. He took sin upon himself so that you could be healed, you could be forgiven, you could be delivered, you could become a new creature in Christ, you can be set free, you can have the same spirit that raised Jesus. I'm preaching better than your amen. And he's called you, he called you. Come on, someone say, he called me. Yeah, he did. And the truth is, he's called everyone and all mankind of all the ages. But many don't listen and many don't obey. In our text, the call of Ezekiel, we see how Ezekiel's called, and from that we see how we should respond to God in our own lives, the call of God on our own lives. See, some of you don't think of yourselves as called of God, but I'm here to just destroy that and to tell you, you are absolutely, positively called. Everyone. Oh, it doesn't mean you'll be preaching in front of a bunch of people, but maybe. I, you know, honestly, I didn't know how it was going to turn out all those years ago when I got my, gave my heart to Jesus. I was just glad not to be under guilt, condemnation, and torment. I was just glad to have a night's sleep. I don't know what you came out of, but God snatched me like a stick right out of the fire. And then as time goes on, it just begins to expand. You know, the thing about vision is it's progressive as you continue to obey. It's just like you just have a dream. First of all, I think the first dream you have is, like, can I make it another night? I mean, depending upon where you came from. And then, you know, can I make it two nights or maybe three nights? And God, can you heal my marriage or heal my kids? Or, Lord, can you give me a job? Can I get a car? God, I'm sick of riding my bike. You know, it just keeps expanding. And, Lord, I don't want to be tormented. God, I want to be set free from, from the torment of the enemy. I want, to be, I want to be loosed from addiction or loosed from pornography or loosed from depression. I want to walk in freedom. I want to walk in truth. God, I want to love you. And then, and then part of you is like, tormented then you come back to God oh God I really want to serve you and you know he starts doing this stuff listen he didn't save you so that you could drown 
He didn't teach you. He didn't teach you how to swim so you can drown. He didn't snatch you out of a destiny of headed to hell and then send you on your way to heaven and leave you here. So you, he's not a child abuser. God is on the throne. He's defeated hell, death, and the grave. You've got to enter in and say yes to the call. You've got to say, I want that. Oh, God, I want everything that you want for me. I don't want to leave anything undone. God, release it in my life. Do you have to be so passionate about it? Jack, if you don't have passion that gets you up and moves you, you might be dead. It starts with revelation of the glory of God, and we talked about that. And really, in application, right in your notes, we got to know Jesus. Jesus is the glory of God. We beheld his glory full of, full of truth, John says in John's Gospel, chapter 1. He was empowered by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit filled Ezekiel. You need to be filled. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Spirit. You don't need religion. Somebody said, there's something different about King's Chapel. I don't know quite what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we were talking, we might be ankle deep. I'm just glad there's some. I mean, I feel like sometimes we're splashing around in the water. We didn't see anybody raised from the dead in any of our services recently that I'm aware of. There's another level. And I'm also, I'm also aware that you can't move beyond where your pastor is. I am so thirsty for, I'm like, I don't know, I got to this place today. I'm like, oh, I'm sick of this. Jesus, help me, God. Listen, God puts a, there's a godly discontentment, he'll put it in you. Or you want to ride off into the land of mediocre, then go right ahead. But as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord, be on fire, be excellent. I'm going to do all that I can. I'm going to get all I can, do all that I can. I want to obey him. I want to, I want to walk in a, a deeper, wider, broader love. Man, I'm faced with stuff. I just, sometimes, man, I don't have so much love coming out of me. Got to get near Wally. He's always filled with love, it seems. Amen. Well, he's been at it longer. Lots of practice. Come on, how many of you want to be a, go to another level in God? Great, all ten of you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we got to go deeper in God. We need more of his love, more of his power. And our call is basically to declare the word to others. That's what he's saying to Ezekiel. He's saying, I'm calling you to a rebellious people. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. He's calling you to your family. Hallelujah. He's calling you to your neighborhood. He's calling you to speak his word. Now, how are you going to speak his word if you don't know it? We're not called to share our opinion. Who gives a fig about your opinion? Our opinions need to line up with, our, our opinions need to become the word of God. In other words, your opinions have to be saturated with what God's word and plan is. Who really cares? Come on, you could be giving someone's opinion. Peter had an opinion. Oh, Lord, you ain't going to no cross. Oh, Pastor Jesus, get behind me, Satan. What? <laughs> he, he thought he had some revelation before that. You're the son of the living God, and he did. But then a few pages later, there he is. You ain't going to be crucified. No, <laughs> you ain't going to be crucified. He said, get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. You have in mind your own stinking opinion about how it's going to happen instead of the things of God. Get behind me, Satan. Whoa. 
Some of you thought you'd been rebuked by your pastor before. I'm telling you, that's a pretty serious rebuke, Satan. <laughs> Had to go to Lori and get some counseling because, all right. <laughs> Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Jesus rebuked Peter because he was sharing his opinion. We are not called to share our opinion. We are called to share the word of God in, in love. Come on, your mama told you. You don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Now, I say things that are not so nice, but you have to try to fill it with love. Sometimes I need to shut my mouth. I'm not the only one. Wally told me to say that. We got to know God's word and we got to share it. All right, you see right in your notes, eat the scroll. Come on, someone say eat the scroll. Okay, it's rhetorical. You know what that means? That means don't shout out and answer the question I'm about to ask you. Answer it on the inside. Did you read the word today? And how much of the word did you actually read? Did you, and let me say to read the word, I don't mean just like read it and you heard it and you read it and you can say now you read it and you fulfilled your little religious obligation of fulfilling and reading the word today. No, I'm talking about reading the word where it's like, God breathed on you. Listen, I think one, I think one paragraph with God breathed anointing on it is better than 10 chapters just in your head. I, think you, I do think you need to read the word and just let it dwell in you and, and, and grow. But there's also revelation. Come on, how are you going to share the word if you don't know it? We better move on. There's way too much conviction in here right now. Let's ask God to help us. Lord, help us. Come on, ask God, ask God to help you. Help you. Help me. Read the word. In Jesus' name. We're called to enter the compassion of the Lord. Oh, that's hard for me sometimes. The compassion of the Lord to share his word, even to people who have hardened hearts. They're all around us. Maybe you're here. You have a hardened heart. God's word is like a hammer that breaks a rock to pieces. The hardest heart can be changed in one moment through an anointed word spoken like apples of gold and settings of silver. God's speaking his word right on time, right, right in the right moment under an unction. The apostle Paul said, pray for me that, that I may fearlessly proclaim the mystery of Christ. He said, pray, to me, pray for me that when I may speak words. What are you talking about words? You see, there's a difference between just language and just words or the word. It's a difference between speaking just the logos and the rhema. There's a difference between speaking the, the word and his word or the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord will break the back of the enemy and will release the captives. There was no, there was no uh, freedom and because there was no widespread revelation in the day of Samuel. There, were, there was scarce. We need widespread revelation because without that, people cast off restraint. There needs to be a people that rise who eat the scroll. And it can be, it can be bitter who eat the scroll and then speak it and share it out of compassion. God is calling you to do that in your home. He's calling you to do it in the marketplace. He's calling you to do it on Facebook. He's calling you to do it on Instagram. He's calling you to do it with love and compassion and mercy. He's calling you. He called Ezekiel. He's called me. He's called you. Some of you don't realize it. Some of you do. God equips us for our calling. That's the next thing I see. I'm so grateful to be a part of this great house. I am. 
are so many things that we need to improve in, and we will. So help me, God. We will improve. And that's the way it should be. But I'll tell you what I'm really grateful for. I'm grateful for freedom. I'm grateful I'm, I'm not controlled by some board that doesn't want me to preach against homosexuality and tells me just to be quiet and skip and go around that so you don't offend all the big tithers and, and drive mad. I don't really give a flip about big tithers. I'm thankful for faithful, loyal people. I'm going to preach the word. I'm not controlled by, by somebody. I'm doing whatever I want to tonight and trying to do it with grace as I... Looking for the Holy Spirit to lead us. We skipped announcements. We did that. Praise God. Praise God we can do that. Praise God we can just enter in and maybe worship a little longer or pray a little longer and be led by the Spirit. Do you know in many places, that's not the case, man. You have to worship for 10 minutes and then you have to preach for 15 and then you turn it back and do the thing and God forbid you shatter it, you know, or change it. I think God's coming to scam, scramble our eggs. I like sunny side up. Well, he's going to make them scramble down, son. But he'll equip us for our calling through it all. I'm grateful for our different programs. I had, I had one man of God come through here and say, God's not in, into programs. Revival's not in the programs. I've rebuked him so hard afterwards. I wasn't here when it happened. It was years ago. I said, don't ever say that again. That's stupid, dude. Because God is absolutely into life groups and building relationships. He's absolutely into teaching you the word and help. Come on, you can't ask. This is not the environment for asking questions. We could turn it into that. I'm not going to right now, unless, of course, I do. This is, this is preaching and receiving. But, but there's, there should be questions. You got questions? You should have questions. You grow and you got a school. We cancel school. The Bible's not in programs. No, we got a school. We grow. Got teams, ministry, children's ministry, life groups. All of these things are important to equip us. That's why we're here. The purpose of the five-fold ministry, hear me, I'm almost done, is to equip the saints. Saints is hagios. You're made a saint by believing on the Lord Jesus. So it's to equip people who are born again for the works of ministry. What do you mean works of ministry? To bring the kingdom. That's why the five-fold gifts exist. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have as many services as we have. Why? So that you get equipped to just enforce the kingdom, to, to obey the call, to eat the scroll, to cast out devils, heal the sick, and set the captives free, to walk in victory, to walk in prosperity and blessing, to learn how to live a base and with much, to, to, to learn how to control your emotions, how to be a good husband, learn how to be a good wife, learn how to be a good child, learn how to raise godly children, Learn how to handle your finances. Learn how to pray. Learn how to fast. Why? Because these are things that we do. Learn how to witness. This is what you do as a Christian. You love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. It's a calling. He's called all of us to do it. And, and we're endeavoring to equip you. And that's what you see him doing here with Ezekiel. Must not live in fear. Right back in your notes, almost done. Must not what? Live in fear. Don't live in fear. I'll tell you now, I, I don't live in fear. Unless I, what happens for me if I get to a place where if I haven't fully obeyed or, or I'm, I'm out in a place where maybe the Lord didn't want me to go, then I have fear and, and, and repent 
And quick, get back. Wait, 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 hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some of you just think it's just all good. I'm going to tell you something. God's called Moses. Moses argues. God's like, all right, you can take Aaron. So he goes. And he's on his way back to Egypt. And he stops at a place in the King James, it says, at the end. He stops at the end. And the Lord sought to kill him. That was always a confusing scripture for me. Why would God call Moses and then kill him? And then it says in, in the text that, that uh, his wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised a boy, the son, and threw the foreskin at his feet and says this, Thou art a, a, a bridegroom of blood to me. It is one of the most unusual verses of Scripture. From it we know this, that God heard the cries of his people under the taskmaster, and he's going to bring a deliverer. He chose Moses, but Moses could have blown it, and he could have raised up anybody else, including a donkey. He could raise anybody else up. But Moses was on his way, and he had not fully obeyed the Lord. He knew that he should have circumcised his sons, but he did not. And because maybe the pressure of his wife, don't touch my little boy. We don't do that in my family. You might do that in your family, all you Jews and stuff. My father, priest of Midian, we don't do that. Ain't no flint knife touching my son. You understand? Let, read my lips. Ain't no flint knife touching my boy. You understand? Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know she was a black woman too. Did you know that? She, no, for real. She's from Cush. Zephora, and that's, that's one of the reasons that you see there's a prejudice that takes place when that critical spirit comes on Miriam. Who's this, who's this girl thinks she is? I can prophesy too. <laughs> Go study that whole thing. They had racial tension in the Bible too. Don't touch my little boy. And he's like, all right, if you say so, that's a smart husband, sort of. Didn't really realize he wasn't going to get away with it, so he's about to die. And Zephora says, oh, snap. We should have obeyed. And then the Lord lets him go, and he becomes a deliverer. What's the picture? The picture is God will call you, but you got to do it his way. You can't do it your way. You Come on, you can't live without an uncircumcised heart. The New Testament application is a circumcision of the heart. It has nothing to do with your flesh. Don't get all weird on me. It's a circumcision of your heart. And if you don't allow for your heart, you stay bitter, you stay angry, you stay in a place of resentment, then your heart's not circumcised. you got to get your heart right before the Lord if you're going to really be used like a Moses to be a deliverer. That's why Jesus came and died on a cross and rose again from the grave. So that you could be free. So that you could be healed. Not so that you would stay in your rebellion and your unrepentance and, and your bitterness and your anger and disease. We need a circumcision of the heart to follow the call of God. And I'm telling you, God is raising up a generation of youth and young adults and anybody that would say, yes, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Man, let the flint knife and the Holy Ghost come. That's not in my notes right there. That's good. <laughs> be faithful to the call. There it is. Be faithful to call. Everybody say, I'm going to be faithful. God's speaking to us. If we know Christ, we're called to share his word and live out his word in the way, in the place in which he's called us to. That's what we're called to do. Lift your hands to heaven.
for a man, for a woman whose heart is steadfast towards him, that he might strengthen them and empower them and equip them to be his ambassador and his minister of reconciliation. The Lord says, I called you out of obscurity, out of your family, into my family. I've washed you. I've cleansed you. I've made you new. And I've put my word in you and my spirit upon you to be those that go into all the world to the highways and byways compelling them don't be afraid of their faces don't be moved by their hardened hearts and stiff neck speak what I tell you to speak speak forth my word for it is a hammer that breaks the rock to pieces speak forth my word it is like fire that burns up everything in his path speak forth my word and watch and see as I stand over it to see it Hallelujah. Come on, stand up on your feet and say, say it. I will eat your word. Oh God, say it with me. So simple. Ready? Go. I will eat your scroll, Lord God. Same thing, word, scroll, scroll. Ready? Go. I will eat your word. Scroll. Try it again. I will eat your scroll, Lord God. Try it again now that you have it. Ready? Go. Daily. I will eat your scroll, Lord. Oh, 
you guys are getting it. Everybody lift your voice, even at home, sing it. Lead your scroll. Here I am, send me. Ready? Here I am. Ready? Send. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Amen. You may be seated. Ushers, would you help us? We're going to go ahead and receive the tithes and offerings tonight. A little bit of a different night. Hallelujah. Woo! Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end. Let's return the tithe. I want to give an offering. Do that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. You step over seemingly qualified people and pick people that say yes. That's me. I'm going to go to another level, 2019. How about you? I'm unthankful for 2018. I'm shaking it off. Come on, we're not going to like rest in our laurels. we got a building to finish. we got people to get saved. We're going to grow in Eagle River. Come on, hallelujah. We're going to see the miracle signs and wonders of God. We're going to see our prayer centers grow and flourish. Come on, some of you need to get in prayer. He's been talking to you. Come on, it's time. Do it before the new year. Come on. It's time. Got a song, it's time to sing it. Got a gift, it's time to use it. Ushers, would you come? Hey. <laughs> just kind of like, anybody ever know it? Just to like, you know, you just get like this kind of Holy Ghost rush for a second. Anybody know what that's like? Hallelujah. It's a good thing. Lord, we return the tithe, give an offering tonight. Bless your people. Bonuses, raises, promotions, increase of every kind. Houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant, the blessing of Abraham to rest upon us. She blessed Abraham and all things bless us and all things that we might be a blessing. Ushers, go ahead. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. 
tonight. I'm going to end with this. You know God spoke to you tonight. I mean, you've been stirring him in. What is my life all about? You've been feeling God saying that your life is about that. You feel like he's reaffirmed the call to you. Or maybe you're in the midst of it, but you're feeling like a little discouraged. Or maybe you're all in it on fire. That's what I feel like, but I'm going to go to another level. I'm going to answer my own altar call. Because I'm going to fulfill. So help me, God, if it means death, I'm going to fulfill the plan of God in my life. I'm not letting anything get in the way. Nothing. No man, no tradition, no religion. Devil's underneath my feet. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish the race. I'm gonna finish the race, Walt. So you say that's me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer the call. I'm gonna see it come about. 
Come to the front, quick. Hurry up. I say yes tonight. Come up all the way close. Lots of people coming all the way up to the stairs. Come on, just say yes to them. Come on, your yes is beautiful to the Lord. Just tell them, I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I might not know what that is right now, but God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to live for you. We know that. We know that it's, it's your will that none would perish. It's, we know that it's your will that we would repent and be washed and cleansed by the blood. We know it's your will for us to obey your word. We know it's your will for us to eat the scroll. We might not know all the details of the call of God, Lord, but we want to know, and we say yes. And some of you know, yeah, God called me to be an evangelist. God called me to be a businessman. God, I don't know what he called you to. Just say yes. Say yes. Come on, say yes. Wally Pearson, come and lead us in prayer. Come on, lead us in prayer that we would fulfill the call of God. I've watched you. I've watched you do it, and you're doing it now. Amen, you're using your tent-making skills. You'll get to preaching and doing all that again, building that church. We're really grateful. It's all part of it. Come on, it's all about obeying God at every turn. Come on, lead us in prayer that we would fulfill the call of God on our church, on our individual lives, corporately and individually. Father, I give you glory and honor, Father. Father, touch our hearts, Father. Touch us so deeply within us, Father. I ask that your Holy Spirit would just rage fire on us now in Jesus' name, would cause such conviction on our hearts that it would change everything we do, Father God, even the way we think, Father God. I ask for your glory to fall upon us in such a measure, Father God. It would so convict us, Father God, that we'd be so under your presence, Father, even when we're sleeping, Father, that your glory would so come upon us that it would cause so much change in our lives, Father God. Cause the words that proceed of our mouth, Father God, would be so much life, Father God, that it would change everything we do, Father God. Instead of cursing people, instead of cursing our nation, our church, and things around us, Father, we start speaking life, building up the Father God. Let the words that proceed of our life bring life, bring fruit, bring such change, Father God. We thank you for the glory, God, that's falling upon this church. I thank you for the increases upon this church. I thank you for the advancement of your kingdom, Father God. I thank you for every soul that's in here, Father God, that you've called, Father God, and given all power and authority to, Father God, that will change the environment we walk in, Father God, that will cause us to do walk in truth, Father God, that that truth will cause people to be set free, Father God, that this community we live in, Father God, will be so changed by your glory, by your fire, Father God. I ask for your anointing to so fall on this church, Father God, that your glory would so fall on it now in Jesus' name, Father God. Come now, Holy Ghost. Fill us with your glory in Jesus' name. Let this church we're building, let it be a church that glorifies you, Lord God. We praise you for it. Anything that would hinder it, Father, I bind it in Jesus' name. I command it to loose any full hold of it had in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your warring angels, for your glory, Father, that's going before us. I thank you, Lord, and before us with your angels, Father God, that are driving back the gates of hell, that are trying to hinder this church and this community, hindering our lives. You have no right, Satan. We give you none in Jesus' name. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your warring angels. I thank you for your precious blood, Father. Pour it out on your church as a covering, as a protection, as for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, just a moment longer. Two minutes, Minister Michaelitas. We need a fresh 
less than 60 seconds to keep my word. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place like you are. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. If that's you, heed these words and pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. And come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, even as we were singing, release a fresh outpouring upon your people. Thank you for what you've done tonight. Thank you for what you've done for folks online, those who listen at a later date. Bless your people. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance to us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll hope to see you on the weekend. God is good. Praise the Lord.